When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in CHGO White Sox podcast. I didn't say the, the CHGO White Sox podcast. <laughs> Coming to you live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow me on X at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show there at CHGO underscore White Sox. We got a full crew. That's Vinny Duber. Follow him on Twitter or at Vinny Duber, and that's Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at Eckerwall23. I guess it's not a completely full crew. I would say the full crew is, includes Stephen Nicholas. Yeah, uh, he's not here. A, a tip of the hat. He's to probably him. watching. He probably is. Probably pumping iron. Stop watching, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Lawrence Benedetto is uh, producing oh, us today. You know, uh, it's weird that you are the only one in, I believe, the entire world, Sean Anderskin, that has, has decided to call it X. No one else calls it that. It's Twitter. He's doing it to make fun of it. And we're Chicagoans, too. The building right behind us, which you can't see, always going to be called the Sears Tower by Chicago. Yeah, Sears. Sox play at Comiskey Park, as we know. Sure. Yeah. U.S. Oh. Cellular to me. Or even so- some people even Sox call it Sox Park. Park. Just, and they were yeah. not alive to call it Sox Park. <laughs> it just seems like, I don't know, we don't like change, which is fine. Because especially that change. That change is stupid. I mean, do we? St- does anybody call Macy's Macy's? The Macy's building? Yeah, Marshall Fields. Yeah, Marshall, Go down yeah. Marshall, Marshall Fields. Yeah, Marshall Fields, yeah. yeah. Didn't they close? The company no longer exists. Yeah. No, that Marshall Fields, yeah, but right, right. Macy's. Macy's is still alive. Like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. I thought they sold the building or something. Um, anyways, uh, I introduced everybody. We're all good. All right. Um, welcome in. We're going to chat a little bit about the White Sox, if you wouldn't guess. Um, we're going to talk about 2023, what's left to watch. Vinny wrote an article at AllCHGO, posted right after our show from yesterday. So go read that. Uh, you can get his insight on what he's watching for for the rest of 2023. But we're going to discuss it here. We're going to get his thoughts here. Uh, and it should be a good, fine, fun time. Uh, we uh, always try to have a fun time with our people in the chat who are always hanging out with us. Shout out to Shush Poppy. Uh, happy belated birthday. Uh, baseball tossed. And uh, Matthew Lucas as well. Um, make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button, uh, but also our diehards too. Um, we do have an icebreaker to start us off from our lovely, lovely uh, CHGO Discord, also the CHGO Lounge from our guy Stephen Gautrit. Um Ooh, that's small. Uh, who would y'all... Yeah, I was going to suggest next time you do this, like, crop your screen so that it's skinnier, mm-hmm. then it'll be taller. Or you mm-hmm. need to do that thing on your phone where you can make it gigantic, like for old people. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, you know? Yeah, yeah, where, like, all the text, like, you get, like, you can get, like, three words on your screen at a time. <laughs> yeah, there's a, I don't know, you I'm, probably I'm know. almost there. You know that screenshot from, uh, <laughs> from the, the Sox Park crowd? Of oh that yeah, old man yeah. texting with a, <laughs> yeah. a 200% uh, ooh, mercy. Yeah, and um, yeah, his messages not for work. Yeah, not no. safe for work at all, yeah. friends. Yeah, no, no, kid right times. next to him too. Good mercy, uh, Jesus. <laughs> um, so sometimes your text can be too big, but I'll, I'll take I'll take that into consideration. Thank you, Lawrence. Uh, Stephen writes, who would y'all like to see called up this year to cover second base, center field, shortstop, and uh, catcher? So I'm gonna. Uh, Addend this a little bit because we are uh, amend again, amend this. Thank you, uh, Vinny. Um, whenever I need a word, I ask Vinny. Uh, hey, which one? Literally, use? it's literally all I'm here for. I'm never <laughs> good with the right one. It's you're very helpful. Um, let's start off with center field. I don't think they'll need somebody to replace Luis Robert in center field because, as you said, he's likely going to be playing tomorrow. 
I mean, that's what we heard from the White Sox. I, I don't envision Luis Robert Jr. going on the injured list. Um, you saw in the few games that he was out this weekend, they moved Oscar Colas over to center field, obviously played there a lot in the minor leagues. So that's a perfectly fine stopgap. But yeah, I don't think it's going to be any sort of long-term issue. But again, we'll see. We, we've had, um, evol- let's call it evolving situations with numerous injuries over the last few years. So who knows? But uh, the l- most recent word from the White Sox is that he is expected, he's hopeful to play tomorrow uh, when they start that two-game set with the Cubs. And we're still awaiting word on Tim Anderson's suspension. I thought we would have some word or something uh, today, but still no word as of yet. So um, it's likely that Tim Anderson will serve a what, five to six game suspension? I, I doubt that it would get reduced that much. I mean, in, anecdotally, yeah, when they reduce suspensions, it's only by a game or two. So I don't think he'll just erase the suspension altogether because he will have some culpability in that fight where uh, Jose Ramirez served two games. But, yeah, five will be, I think, the minimum games he'll serve, and six will, of course, be the maximum. So I um, look forward to MLB and Tim and their representatives to hurry up and get it done. The season's almost over. Come on now. Yeah, and as you mentioned, I think it, once that happens, happens and Tim has to serve a suspension I think Pedro alluded to Lenin Sosa right um I don't know if that's going to be the case okay. I, I, I I don't know if that would be the case at all actually I think uh what he did say is that and this was not even in terms of Tim being suspended but just Tim not playing you'll see what you saw yesterday Elvis Andres at shortstop and Zach Remillard at second base I think that's what you'll see uh for a while the allusion to Lenin Sosa from Pedro struck me as maybe September call-up but who knows? Uh, anything can happen between uh, between now and the end of the season. Certainly Sosa's numbers at AAA have been really, really good, making people take notice. Um, but he's been here before with uh, pretty poor results. So um, we'll see when they decide to uh, uh, make that make that sample size a little bigger for Lenin Sosa at the major league level. Absolutely. And, I mean, too, you mentioned the good numbers at Charlotte. But, again, like – yeah, Charlotte's a pretty wacky place, and you look back to his 57 games last year at Charlotte, an 821 OPS this year, an 825 OPS. So it's still all about making sure that yeah, he can do it in the major leagues, and uh, he hasn't been able to show that yet. But since he went down uh, to Charlotte uh, on the 5th of May, uh, has an OPS of 743. So, I mean, still hasn't been really shining down there, not really pushing pressure on them to DFA uh, Andrews or maybe send down Remillard because um, Remillard's I know I, I, I bash him a lot he's been fine yes yeah. he's fine I don't really he's... notice him unless he's swinging a bunt or uh, you know <laughs> you know I'm, I'm screaming at, at, at my uh, my hatred for bunts but he's fine yeah on a team where you have to question sometimes effort or you know does he want it type of stuff one thing you'll never question is Zach Remillard, at least in the brief sample that he's had. He's going to be trying and put those in quotes, and he'll look the part hustling because he's spent a lot of time in the minor leagues and probably doesn't want to be, go back to those buses. He likes the travel. He likes the, what the major league lifestyle leads to him, and this is what he's been gearing for his whole life. So you can have Zach Remillard on your roster as long as he's 26, 25, 26 man on your roster. White Sox are counting on him a little bit more, much, but that's why they're 25 games under 500, not because of Zach Remillard, but because – they have to play him a lot well, and, and other players of his ilk. And maybe something else will change, but, uh, you know, it, it seems like for the rest of 2023 at second base, we'll see Elvis Andrews, Zach Remillard, uh, Tim Anderson, and uh, Lenin Sosa in some regard, shape, or form. Um, but if I had to ask you guys to theorize or maybe, uh, I mean, you could we'll give you three, three choices. Um, 
who's more likely to be DFA'd, Andrews, Grandal, or neither? Uh, Grandal, I would say. He makes more money. It's negligible to DFA Andrus make $2 million this year. It's probably what a, a drop in the bucket now. But Grandal will be taking away time away from what is likely Corey Lee's time. So whenever Corey Lee gets up to speed and healthy and starts hitting down the AAA, I think that will be the time where you'll see him up here and you'll probably see Grandal on the open market somewhere as he's DFA'd. But um, I don't know. I think uh, if I was making that decision, I would have Grandal DFA before Elvis Andres because what Vinny was saying yesterday, the leadership of Andres, at least that you could say, okay, that guy and people look to him and maybe the future can be brighter because Elvis Andres was here. He's teaching people how to be a professional. From the outside looking in, it doesn't look like Grandal is a big-time leader. It doesn't seem like he's too convivial with his teammates. So, you know, he wants to leave, you know, the story, a alleged story of him wanting to leave early for the All-Star game so he can go and take some time with his family doesn't look to me as a leader doesn't look like they are looking to him to you know mentor Corey Lee to be the next guy I could be wrong I'm just an outside looking in guy type of guy but if I had to choose one of those three options I would say Grandal would be the DFA if I was choosing I would say neither is probably most likely and only because again as I pointed out yesterday to you guys I think fans and, and even observers sometimes think that DFA is the move because a guy is not producing. I think DFA is the move when you need to make room on the roster. Mm -hmm. And so right now, if they have no real rush to bring Lenin Sosa up to the big leagues, you don't need to get rid of Elvis Andrews. You don't need to make room on the infield for him just because he's been disappointing with the bat. There's a lot of guys who have been disappointing with the bat this year. You don't just start DFAing just because of that reason you dfa to make room because there's no other there's no other way to get those p puzzle pieces to fit together um with grandal yes Corey lee is probably coming soon and i think that he's going to get a good look it certainly seems that way the way that the brain trust has been talking about him but sebi zavala is on the injured list right now and i don't know I, we haven't really heard when he might not be on the injured list anymore and if his injured list stay is going to be rather lengthy I mean, they've been carrying three catchers. Is there a reason that you need to get you need 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 to get rid of Yasmani Grandal to clear room for Corey Lee when you've been carrying three catchers anyway? Um, you've found room for Carlos Perez. If Lee is going has a better chance of being in the future than Carlos Perez, why don't you just send down Carlos Perez or continue to find room for three catchers? So um, I don't really see either of those guys being a complete block, a roadblock to either Lee, Sosa, or whoever finding a way onto this roster. Uh, and so I would probably say that neither is the most likely, but things can change and, and we'll see what happens. The only we reason why you would want to DFA um, Grandal in that case is if Corey Lee wasn't on the 40 man, which he is on the 40 man. So there's no necessarily need to, as Vinny would say, DFA Yasmani. But I would just say, you know, I don't know what's going on in the clubhouse, but it seems like a toxic clubhouse. So let's start. And they addressed it. They said we started to get some of that, you know, culture people out of here and changing the culture with some of the trades at the deadline. I would think one more is needed. And if the story is true, I definitely don't want him in the 
in the clubhouse if he's uh, out here attacking teammates like that, like uh, allegedly he did with Tim Anderson. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know on who might be released or not. Um, we did see Andres come over, though, from the A's when they released him mm-hmm. to start a youth movement. Um, I don't know if that's similar. Um, and, and Mark Kotze, when he said that happened, um, it was mainly because Elvis really wasn't ha- happy with the direction with the team. So, like, I mean, if Elvis Andres is unhappy, then maybe they make something work to appease either of those players. Like, I mean, if Grandal is something is happening, maybe they release him to, you know, out of respect. I mean, to maybe get him out of the situation. But, but the roster's got to be complete before September 1st, right? If you're going to be playoff eligible, I believe. So maybe. I would think if you were doing a favor like they did, well, not necessarily a favor, to Elvis and say, hey, man, you can catch up with somebody as a bench bat or somebody who needs a shortstop. Uh, Boba Shett's got hurt. I know they got DeJong up there in uh, Toronto, but he can get on with some team and help them as he helped the White Sox last year. But I don't think he has any usefulness other than being off, you know, on, off the field and telling the profession, uh, the players how to be professional, even in years where you're not competing. You still have to go out there and give it your all, not give up at bats, even though you're 25 games out. Yeah. And um, it still makes me sick that they're 25 games out. Um, just hearing you say that. Uh, let's move to our next uh, thing, though. I mean, kind of uh, a, a nice segue there. Uh, them being 25 games out um, kind of has caused people not to go to the game. Um, I, I want to play a little game with you guys because uh, John Heyman did report today. Uh, MLB attendance is up 9.3% uh, over the year. Oh, never mind. Well, there you go. I was going to have you guys guess oh, the Oh, my bad. Teams. That's my bad. It's okay, Lawrence. Yeah, there they are. It's the, yeah. um, the White Sox. <laughs> the White Sox are one of them. Er, do you want to try to go for all six? Uh, I, I still won't get the context clues. Uh, the Nationals, Tigers, Dodgers, Giants, and well, let's say the Brewers. And then the Brewers. Look at you. Good oh, job. 32, only 32 per game. Sorry. Less than last year. That's all right. Right. Well, that's the thing is, I mean, like some of those teams, I mean, you can look at the Brewers and they're uh, near the top of the NL Central. They're having a, a successful this year. Um, the Giants are having a much better year than they were in 2022. The Dodgers are going to win 98 games. Um it's about like less than 10,000 fans uh, for a year over year difference for the Dodgers, Giants, and Milwaukee. So, I mean, how much? Just really 32 people. And when um, you like, the Dodgers have 50,000 people. And so, <laughs> 165 fewer people each right. game. It's like, you know, they're not missing them. Well, it doesn't show up in the stands. The only two that really do show up in the stands are the White Sox and the Nationals. And, and maybe the, the Tigers, too. The Tigers I mean. are actually, I mean, I don't know about the record, but they're in a, a better spot standings-wise than they were a year ago. So mm-hmm. Very true. Uh, that's that's something that people in Detroit can say. <laughs> 32,000 less people are going, though. Maybe they haven't had, like, their Yankee series. Maybe, like, one like, series where the Yankees come to town just, like, sells out the place three times. I mean, we saw the Sox took for the Cubs to come to town for them to sell out and the, I think the, the, month, the rate. The month of September is also the Tigers' uh, attendance is going to change because likely the last time you're going to see Miguel Cabrera on the field, a, a, a send-off to him, and they might get closer to what they were at last year because uh, they need to celebrate that man. Probably at, sell out the last game at the very least. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I might even go up myself to say goodbye to the man. Really? I mean, one of the best hitters of all time. I Damn. Tip the cap. Herb. Could have been a White Sox. Ambassador of baseball, Herb Lawrence. Who, who doesn't want to see? And that ballpark's all right, too. Pizza's terrible. 
Is it that bad? I like Detroit style pizza. I mean, no, I mean Detroit style pizza is bad, but oh, they have they little serve Caesars. Little Caesars. Yeah. yeah, right. But they have Little Caesars Detroit style pizza in the stadium. Sure, which is but that's like all right. Know, Do they have crazy like bread hot. though? <laughs> I, I love, <laughs> isn't it like Jets? I love it, crazy yes. bread. It's like Jets. Yeah, you've had Jets before. You like crazy bread? Yeah, wasn't that Little Caesars? Mm. Yeah, they, I, I know, think man. they did. I've never had Little Caesars. Little Caesars? You're kind of lucky because you we live in we live in the pizza mecca of the world. This is something I'm thinking of from like. 40 years ago or something like yeah. crazy crazy I think was a thing that I don't yeah. know it's pizza it's, pizza that's all it's I not remember. great pizza, pizza. but the downtown area of Detroit much improved if you haven't been there in a long time because the Little Caesars Arena brought the Pistons and the Red Wings back to town Ford Field is right there so the Lions are there and the Tigers are right in the house too and then they have like this whole party section if you've been down to St. Louis for the ballpark village which is a copy of Wrigley Field it's kind of like that it's a nice atmosphere. I think Kid Rock is a concert every once in a while, so I thumbs down on that one. But and then uh, Eminem's Mom's Spaghetti restaurant's there too. What? It's a restaurant called Mom's Spaghetti from the movie Eight Mile. Eminem's mom the, owns it, or no, no, the, it's a lyric it's in a the lyric. song. Yeah, no, I know. From, yeah, but like, is there, so you made a spaghetti restaurant that's called that Mom's Spaghetti after the lyric made, in oh, the okay. song. Yeah, right. yeah. Is it, is it any good? I didn't try it. No. I mean, it's and, like fast food spaghetti. Not, yeah, I'm not going out to get spaghetti anywhere. Much less at a restaurant. If I, I mean, go to an Italian restaurant, I'm going to get some real Italian food. I can have spaghetti at my house. And I'm let's a- be honest, again, I'm no uh, connoisseur of uh, rap or hip-hop here, but uh, it, Herb, if I'm not mistaken, hmm. the uh, lyric of the song is that he threw up the spaghetti onto his shirt. His shirt. Yeah. 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 So that's not really no, very appetizing at all. Yeah, not endorsement <laughs> at all. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, I don't, think, I don't know if that's going to survive. I don't want to eat it's it. Detroit, man, they love the M over there. I mean, look at look at Rob Ritchie. He's living life fat. Off Kid Rock is his real name. Oh. Uh, his real name is Robert Ritchie. But he's a detestable human. Detroit's holding his ass up with his terrible songs. And Eminem's actually a decent rapper. I mean, Detroit is probably the best music city in America. We don't need to keep calling up Kid Rock. No, those are, <laughs> yeah, those are actually, <laughs> this is the point, though. It's That guy is not that great, and Detroit's like, that's our guy. Fam- we love him. Famously, in my life, there are two notable Detroit musicians. It's Kid Rock and Eminem. So I, I think Herb it's is preaching. the whole it. Motown thing? Jack yeah. White. I wasn't alive Motown. for Motown. Uh, yeah, okay. How about Jack, Jack the White Stripes? Yeah. yeah. Jack White. Is he from yeah. Detroit? Yeah. yeah. Very much so. Okay. Yes. I, I, well, isn't his, uh, isn't yes, three man? Nashville. Third man is in, in Nashville, Nashville, but yeah. Okay. They have an outpost in, in the Motor City. All right. I saw him in Detroit last, last year where you I was did? there for opening day. Yeah. Did you take a picture? No, you can't. You have to put your phone in a in a locked pouch. Oh, 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 yeah. oh those are awesome. Oh, oh, I love those. Oh, pouches. I mean, I, I did no, no, no. also I visually meant, see yeah, him, but I, yeah. I saw him at the Aragon. I, I didn't have to put my phone in a pouch. I have a photo if you want to see. That it. was years back. No, no, no I know, like this past tour. You didn't have to put your phone in a pouch? Hell no. Could you imagine them trying to make 5,000 Chicagoans put their phones in things? That's literally what they take? do on all his tours. That's his rule. Oh, that's good. I don't know. I wonder if the Aragon just said no. Probably. Huh. Because I've been to two. I saw the raconteurs in D.C., phone in the pouch and then they lock the pouch and then when you leave it's like the like the tag on the shirt at yep. the mm-hmm. at the store or whatever they've got just like some little thing that takes it off right away but yeah and then i had to do it in detroit last uh last april that's the yeah. same thing if you ever go to the comedy cellar in new york you have to put your phone in the pouch sure. during the show so you're not you know people are trying out things for their tour their netflix special whatever and they don't want you to be leaking stuff all over the internet right so the, you know their jokes are ruined and everybody sees their jokes for the third or fourth time while the special comes out. 
It's raining very hard right now. It is. It is. Can it be, is it picked up on? No, I don't okay. think so. I, I just, just I can hear it through the oh, yeah. headphones. I like right. to when if, said, we, if it sounds like we're yelling, that's why. I like to when Herb said drop in the bucket, and I can hear literally just <laughs> drops of rain in a bucket over <laughs> yes. here. Um, final thing, just with the attendance though, um, socks. You look at the year-over-year difference. Uh, they're approaching nearly 3,000 people less per game. Uh, Nationals are second, and they're approaching 2,000 people less per game. Um, it's it's mainly just because uh, Melissa brought this up yesterday. Um, I mean, this is a t- they're on pace for the 10th worst season out of 123 years. So it makes sense why people aren't showing up. Well, I think, and, and Herb, you can probably shed some more light on this, but if I'm not mistaken, from the recent history of this team and the and the fan base, it's a reflection of the year prior. Mm-hmm. And so, if I remember correctly, in 2005, yep. attendance wasn't terribly impressive. Mm-mm. In 2006, it was fantastic. Yep. And so, attendance being down, uh, attendance was good last year because yep. it was a reflection of what they did in 2021. And so now you've got attendance quite a, a, a significant drop, certainly the most uh, of any team in baseball, as a reflection of how disappointed the fan base was with last year's results. I would not expect those numbers to get dramatically better unless they have some sort of wild offseason moving into 2024 as a result of how disappointing they've been this year. I did a research project a couple years ago, and I haven't done it since like probably 2020, but since the guaranteed rate U.S. Cellular Comiskey 2 has opened. They've had six seasons where they're above AL average in attendance. The first three, 91, 92, 93, 2006, 2007, 2008. It, and then, you know, maybe in 2021, I didn't check the numbers in 2022, but it hasn't been a lot. And the White Sox fans have shown their disappointment in last year, the offseason the White Sox had, and then just like the whole thing that's going on with the White Sox where fans are are boycotting they're angry they're and now anger is turning into apathy which is very bad you don't want them to be apathetic and not be mad at your product anymore because if they're mad you can fix that if they're apathetic they won't come back so they're in a uh, position right now where they need to gain the people who are just angry back and those people who are apathetic they're they're just lost the game you know the game is lost and with the cubs doing so well those people can spend their money in major league baseball elsewhere so they're doing that and it's sad that the white Sox have come to this but i'm glad that the white Sox fans have shown their disappointment with their dollar and not showed up to the ballpark where most teams in Major League Baseball are having, you know, more people come through the turnstiles for their uh, games this year. And the White Sox fans are like, no, we're not doing that. Well, I mean, I'll say this. It's not the, the vibe that I get going to so many of these games. It is not St. Pete. It is not Oakland. It is not like games that I uh, covered way back when in Kansas City. Like, there are plenty of White Sox fans going to the games, and especially on the weekends – the, oh, yeah. the places, the places, it's not full, you know. It's not, it's not like it's sold out every weekend. But there's a, a large number of fans in 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 the stands, and I think that that again is what I went back to before is that last year those numbers are able to be down so much this year because of how maybe up they right. were a year ago because of what 2021 showed and the excitement for a team that looked like it was on the rise. Um, and now after the way last year went, now those numbers are are, are falling down again. Um, again, as I always say. 
Herb, I know you're, you're talking about, you know, trying to get the team in the position to win and everything like that. As I always say, if you like baseball, go to a baseball game. And so I think that there are a lot of people out there who do fit that description. And I'm happy that they're getting to spend a nice day at the ballpark, regardless of whether the team wins or loses. Well, I'm, I guess the reason why I'm bringing it up, too, is just because, like, I like to the point you were talking to our guy, Jim, uh, our sales guy, Jim, uh, about the Sox and he was like you know I don't get people who are like sell the team because like you know baseball's baseball um again I feel like they did improve baseball like that's why I think more people yeah, are going a good point yeah so, like that's why I'm just struggling with like they are truly like the only team that people are I would say, like I mean even Oakland Oakland's not even down attendance wise yeah Atone- because a- attendance isn't down right. in Oakland because again it's expectations right Nobody thought Oakland was going to be good, so who is there to lose? You and, know what I mean? And, you know, and, and more and, people are there to voice frustration. And yeah, it's going to yeah. be taken away from them, too. Also, Eminently. zero minus zero is still zero, so you can't That's lose fair. people. If yeah, no it's going to be taken away from them, so <laughs> Oakland fans are like, I better catch it now before they go to Vegas and, you know, take some way my childhood memories and my baseball team, whether they've already taken my football team. And I get the point of, you know, it, it is such a high for the organization with, you know, how much attendance they got in 2022. It, uh, they've reached 2 million. Uh, Jerry Ryan Surf has owned the team for I'm just 41 years. We've got some significant water Ooh. issues Yeah, going I know. I see that. It's oh, okay. uh, it's going to be a problem in a little bit here. I'm <laughs> it's raining. It's considering, pouring. Considering, considering moving snoring. the buckets, but if the buckets, I don't know how many buckets I have. All right. Here we go. All right. Anyways. You might see, you might see us have to, you know, put Mop. on a put on a life preserver here in the <laughs> yeah. middle of the show. Don't keep your feet up. Don't touch anything electric. Um, <laughs> so Jerry Reinsdorf has owned the team, I'll say, for 41 seasons. Can you guys guess how many seasons have had over two million in attendance? Oh, Herb, you basically just laid it out a little bit there. Yeah, I know those th- six have. Uh, well, maybe the first three did. Those did. So I would say eight. Give them a little more credit. 83. 83. 84. 90, 91, 92, 93. Uh, 2005, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. And 2022. So 14. 14. So um, it, it is, you know, fairly rare-ish for them to get over $2 million. And um, I think, again, it was because of 2021. I think it was because of the pandemic. Um, but if... if they were like 81 and 81 i think they'd still be a part of those six teams like even if they were 500 i still think that fans would probably turn oh, yeah. away a little bit and they'd probably be you know minus 50 game, uh, a game or whatever because i do think that people are disappointed but it's just i mean this is the 10th worst season in in franchise history i feel it like it's just worse. the framing of like how bad it actually has been because the expectations were so high but regardless if expectations are high or not no one's coming to see a team that is i think as clark said earlier on track to lose 99 games well and what i i think when you bring up when you bring up that loss total it should jump out at people because my god think of what the expectations were but what i think back to is the rebuild wasn't that long ago no 2000 and they had they had three straight years of 195 and 89 losses yeah so that's you know a lot of losses and you know you're talking about the worst years in franchise history i'm sure that those at least those two of 195 losses are, are right up there with them so you could be talking about three of the worst seasons in franchise history from a win-loss standpoint in the last what yeah, that's true six seven seasons yeah, yeah and as Vinny was alluding to like if you like baseball and especially at the ballpark and i've said this all the time that guaranteed rate while not 
top of the league ballpark. Still, to me, when I'm there, I have a great time no matter what. Teams underperforming or overperforming, I still have a great time at the game. Don't let yourself and your anger, you know, uh, hide yourself from the ballpark and hide yourself from something that you have fun at. If that's and, if that's what you want to do, yeah. And I mean, that, I, I think I think you know, the the conversation that was going on that you alluded to before the before the show started is, you can there can be any type of person. If your whole thing is I'm never going to give them money because I'm so mad at their their that their chances of winning are not high then that's the kind of person you are, more power to you. If you're the kind of person who says, boy, I really like to sit in the seats and watch a baseball game on a summer day, win-loss does not matter to me, more power to you too. You know what I mean? And so I think when we when we get kind of enveloped, or enveloped rather, in uh, the 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 angry social media comments and, and the, ver- the very much, oh, God, we very much care about the direction of this franchise every little move on the chessboard kind of thing, there are a bunch of other people out there who are like, all right, well, Hopefully they win today, and if they don't, right. I don't care kind of thing. So There are so many people who are painfully aware of the White Sox signing Travis Swaggerty, and there are so many people who are blissfully <laughs> unaware. Um, and, bo- and, and both are great, and we welcome both to yes. watch our program every day. What's up, Daniel? <laughs> um, so there's a – just to uh, go back to the point that you were making too, uh, since 2013, the, the difficult seasons, um, and you brought up the 89 loss year, but, I mean, it, they are on track for 99 losses. So uh, years for them to have 95 or more losses uh 10 seasons this would be the fourth since 2013 mm-hmm. so uh, four out of the last 10 years are on track for 95 or more losses which is just brutal the other ones in 70 32 48 34 76 31 and 68 so um just just tough times but hey uh wasn't 19 no 1969 was just as bad as 1968 never mind wasn't there a 60 years that was good what wasn't there a 60? No, they didn't make the no, playoffs. Yeah, they didn't 59. make the playoffs I'm from 10 years like 19 to 59, and then from 59 to 83. 83. Not That's the fun. playoffs in those two times. Mercy. All right. Well, let's take a break, and we'll we'll kind of talk two, a little the bit. The two about. best decades of music are were the two worst decades of uh, of, White of White Sox baseball. 1919, the 19s. No, they the White Sox were good then. <laughs> yeah, the sixties and the seventies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, I got you. That's what the White Sox are just chilling, listening to music yeah. instead of playing good baseball. Exactly. <laughs> Dick Allen was the only one that focused on baseball at that you time. Know, Oakland A's were just like, hey, we're just going to win baseball games, and Yankees same thing. And the White Sox like, we're just going to listen to music, smoke some weed. We're going to wear shorts. Some things, yeah. We're going to wear shorts and burn records. The summer <laughs> of love in '69 or '68. I don't know. Let's take a break and let you know about our friends over at Lewis University. At Lewis University, students are just like you. They have full-time jobs, part-time jobs, families, and full-time sports fandoms. Go back to school to earn a, earn a respected degree at Lewis University. It is 35 miles southwest of Chicago in Romeoville, and it's ranked as one of U.S. News and World Report's top-tier colleges. And Lewis partners with numerous employers for t- tuition discounts and offers evening online and blended formats to help you balance work family and education so what are you waiting for if you're looking to complete your bachelor's or master's degree or enroll in a professional certificate program lewis has the right programs for you and again lewis offers several career focused programs that will help you that will set you up for success Um, one of them of course is our favorite um, in aviation maintenance technology uh, and you can get a certificate in that Um, fix those planes so fix those planes fell into a youtube hole Uh last night Um, this guy that like the springfield mystery spot basically okay um, this guy in the northeast uh, was at an airport 
uh, you know, like, like a local airport, and they're like, oh, hey, uh, there's this house, there's this bird over here. His whole channel is about, you know, starting things uh, that haven't been started in a long time. Uh, there's this plane over here that we call the birdhouse because uh, there's birds living in it. Um, hasn't been started in 17 years, so I'm trying to figure out if this guy's going to be able to start the, the plane that has a ton of bird crap in it. So, hey, um, and you could learn how to do that at Lewis. Uh, you could learn how to maintain an airplane or keep it from uh, not running for 17 years at Lewis. His whole YouTube channel. So I thought you said the word star. And I was oh. like, what's happening? Stop, what do you mean yeah, starting? I, I like reviewing fast. or oh, something yeah. like that? And you said start. He has a YouTube channel that is him starting old rundown things that have not been started in a long time. Yeah. Mostly vehicles, I'm assuming. But I appliances, so. perhaps, as well. I've only watched one. Wow. So and it was a plane. It was a, it was a, it was a plane. Pretty, I'm guessing he got it started. Pretty well, that, small I hole. don't know. Ooh, I mean, you don't, cliffhanger. You, you watched the, this whole like, video? It was like two hours of content. Ooh, it's just yeah, forward. Scroll ahead, That's bro. way too long, guy. Do you read the end of Dude, the book, quicker. or do you read through Are the book? Are you literally going back to this at some other point? Maybe. Uh, no, that's <laughs> just unsatisfying, Sean. How do you not? Mm. How do you just not just skip to the end? It's like, oh yeah, I got the plane. I fixed think it's a very in-depth thing. He gets to keep the plane if he starts it. I mean, what if he? I'm sure he. he Wait, does he go it. around and negotiate things with he, these people? He called the, the owner and he got a written piece of paper where he owns the plane for free. The deed, if, gets, if you will, if the gets, deed it, to the plane. Exactly. Indeed. If he if he starts the plane, mm. which he hasn't yet. I mean, right. I, I mean, I'm sure he did, but you haven't finished that part. Yeah, I mean, he has done it or not done it already. <laughs> yes. I wouldn't fly that plane if I were you. People. I, well, he, his whole his whole goal, he said, it's not even just to fly the plane. It's just to start it. Only, so only much, ride you know, in planes that are fixed by Lewis University program graduates. Exactly. Yes. I, they he know. might have gone. I don't know. Hopefully he did. I, he didn't go in, in depth about his uh, education. His qualifications. Exactly. Uh, but not only do they have uh, the Aviation Maintenance Technology Certificate, uh, they also have excellent programs, uh, grad programs in cybersecurity, which uh, my guy Ashish over at 7-Eleven is into. Lewis is the Department of Homeland Security Center of Academic Excellence in mm -hmm. Cybersecurity, providing students with scholarship funding not available anywhere else. So discover how a degree from Lewis University can help build you a better world. Learn more at lewisu, the letter U, dot edu slash y-o-u can do this that's lewisu.edu slash y-o-u can do this uh thank you very is much is that to the lewis university. university mascot law uh correct that is bed check charlie excuse me yes exactly that's his name? what's so, his name so jay zawoski of course of the chjo blackhawks yep. uh, podcast is a lewis university alum i guess he is, is what he is he is uh and he told the story of bed check charlie as in checking your bed at the end of the day uh, apparently, because of the aviation thing, uh, it's the mascot is supposed to check to make sure everyone is not out partying. Right. It's like an army. It's like an army yeah, thing, sure. right? Yeah. So Military thing. That's their mascot. It doesn't look crazy at all if you're watching the YouTube stream. Uh, it looks uh, great. So looks stern. He looks. He looks kind of crazy. No, he looks stern. He he's he's like, got the like the. It's, it's a very unique mascot, that's for sure. I don't think you've got to shout that out. Oh yeah. TV screen is depicting this enough. He's got a chin on him. Yeah, it's, it's very like a Leno chin. It's yeah. like it's Leno chin. It's very. Uh, <laughs> you guys ever watch Fairly Odd Parents? Of course. Well, yeah, that's the Crimson Chin, yeah, the as Crimson voiced chin. by Jay Leno. Oh, yes. okay. I don't know if Jay Leno 
voiced it. Look at you. I didn't know you were watching <laughs> cartoons, Vinny. Oh, I love Fairly Odd Parents. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. All right. Yeah, it is a real good one. I like that one. Uh, anyways. Oh my God, you're making a huge on our screen. Nobody can see it. Oh, here he goes. Oh, <laughs> Hold on. Hey. Oh, God. Uh, anyways, uh, the final, uh, our next advertisement that we want to let you know about is Game Time. Uh, Herb went out to Guaranteed Rate Field to celebrate Shush Poppy's birthday. Uh, and Courtney was like, oh, I need to buy tickets. She was stressing out in the parking lot. No, she wasn't, Herb. No, she wasn't. No, she wasn't. She just got Poppy Game Time. was there, and he saw the uh, the transaction. We went into the game. It was great times. White Sox lost that game, of course. But I got to see a Yoan Moncada fourth home run of the year. He crushed Ooh. that ball. And it wasn't stressful because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets to all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Herb went to see a Sox game. Vinny went to go see Nathaniel Ratliff and the uh, Night Sweats at the Salt's uh, Shed. Um, they got killer deals on last-minute tickets to anything you want to see and their best price guarantee. Uh, you could stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you'll have. Again, the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find, the, if you find tickets in the same section or row for less, Oh, same section and row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Herb found that down in Atlanta, reached out to Game Time, and in less than 12 minutes, uh, he got 110% of the difference. So make sure you are supporting our great sponsors over at Game Time because they gave us a code too to help you out. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Game Time. Uh, download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thank you for the depiction too, yeah, Lawrence. Yeah, Look at you going the game on. You can get some uh, yeah, great. Just... You can get some great views of most of the field at Wrigley Field. Yeah, yeah. Um, and make sure you're using those oh, see, viewfinders oh, too, oh, so you don't yeah, buy yeah, a flash yeah. See which yeah. you can see which post you're behind. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. wouldn't be able to see Nick Madrigal behind that pole if he's playing third base on, <laughs> wow. on, on Tuesday or, or Wednesday or ever. Um, thank you to Game Time. Uh, let's jump in. We chatted about uh, that uh, report from. I was going to say Martin Maldonado. John Heyman, two vastly different people. Maldi's out there reporting things? (laughs) Yes, he is. Um, (laughs) John Heyman uh, got kind of scalded by Rick Hahn uh, back in June when he... Scolded. Scolded. See, this... Scalded means, like, burnt. Rick Hahn's like, here's some water. Here's a cauldron on your ass. (laughs) He burned him with words. Rick Hahn's throwing, like, like freshly used French fry grease on John Heyman. No, no. It was the Lewis mascot. Here's a cauldron. I'm going to put... Make sure you're in bed by this time. He... Uh, <laughs> Bed check, Charlie. <laughs> Get That's him off the screen. To. He's still on the screen. Yeah. He's bigger now. <laughs> I don't like that. He's bigger. Um, whatever. Uh, what did I? What, uh, Rick Hahn was mad at John Heyman uh, for his remark on six seventy the score, saying that Pedro Gafal could be a one and done manager after the year. Uh, Heyman's quote was, "I would say they're giving him." the year likely but among the managers i would say ollie mamal is probably in greater trouble based on the expectations of st louis and the performance of that team but grafal can be in great standing at this point they have underachieved immensely and said that um regarding just you know uh his frustration around jake Berger at the time uh that maybe he could be a, a one and done manager if he is frustrated with management and they're possibly frustrated with him um now that we have seen this season play out more and we that, talk- was, that was that was rightful uh Rick Hahn was somewhat rightfully upset at the time. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't very clear report, that it yeah. wasn't very clear that Heyman was speculating. Yeah, that he didn't yeah. get it from someone. Right, right. He was just speculating yeah. it, yeah. the John Heyman way, as I like to put it. It was very odd. It was very weird that they grabbed that specific thing and then uh, what, what's the word? Uh, aggregated it. Like I don't know. Like it was. It didn't give. I think the the conversation the best 
light as well because it was kind sure. of a like the back and forth between Mully and Hall, like it was more conversational, but again, just when you see it in words, um, it did look, uh, you know, pretty bad. Um, but what do we make of that report now? Um, and I know obviously in June, it wasn't a report though. It was well, right. Yeah. What do we make, <laughs> what do we make of the remark and the possibility of him being one and done? Because obviously there was that remark, um, but I don't think there has been too much smoke to this fire. Um, but you, in your piece, mentioned management or regime change. We've talked a lot about Rakan and possibly Kenny Williams in that vein, but hey, could it be Pedro Grafal? I can see, like, a thing would be like, um, hey, we, like, you know, sometimes when a head coach of a team needs to save his job, so he sacrifices, like, an offensive coordinator that he hired. That's how I can see where Pedro can get dismissed. You know, Rick needs to save his job, even though I don't think his job is in danger. But, hey, you got to give the fans a pound of flesh. This didn't work out. We were supposed to be competing, and we're this low. So your idea for a manager slash leader didn't work out, so he needs to go. But for the most part, I think Pedro's coming back because the guy who hired him, the guys who hired him, Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams, will be back. But he's deserved to be let go with the only understanding of this team was supposed to be better. And not only better, they're in the worst division in baseball and they're this bad. You know, you can kind of say last year was a fluke and that's disappointing. And as Vinny points out, they're 25 games worse than last year. With this guy coming in, mostly the only change that they made for the major league staff, and of course, uh, Benintendi and Clevenger on the team, and of course, uh, some other minor league, uh, minor league and uh, relief pitchers. But Pedro, fr- from going from Tony to Pedro, it hasn't worked out. And people can say, hey, if you're supposed to be the guy who's getting them prepared to kick everybody's ass at 710, you failed on that miserably, and your clubhouse isn't cohesive as a manager should have it at the point of sept- uh, August, September. So, you know, we can uh, make them, we can uh, do a mea culpa and say, hey, we thought Pedro was the guy, but he isn't, so we're going to go with different guy. But ultimately, I think that Pedro's coming back. He definitely deserves to get dismissed, like the two guys who are ahead of him. But this team doesn't do those things. And I think you wrote in your article, Vinny, like, you know, usually somebody at this point with the bad records the White Sox have would have, you know, some heads on the stake. The White Sox don't operate like that. And so ultimately, Pedro's going to be back on this team, managing this 2024 team. But don't mistake my thinking that he's coming back by saying that he deserves to come back. I don't think he does because this year has been that disastrous where a first-year manager can get fired and should get fired because the team isn't playing as well as they should be at this time. What you said about what he was hired to do and it being a complete failure on, on his and his staff's part is 100% true. Um, he, was, he was the big change. He was the guy who was brought in to fix what was so glaringly wrong with this team a year ago. It was, hey – you know, uh, you know, a, a guy like Aloy or Yoan or, or, or even Robert, who, who, who wasn't so fantastic last year, or T.A., hey, you know all those guys who have, have not yet lived up to their potential yet? You, Pedro Grafoli, you have the job of making sure that they do. Mm-hmm. 
and they have not done that. Not at all. He has not done whatever he has done. I'm sure he's done a lot of work to try to make it happen, but it hasn't happened. Um, and so uh, all of the improvement that, that the White Sox said we were going to see, quote-unquote, internally or from the players who were already here, it didn't happen. And the record has been wildly worse mm. because of it. I don't know what the Aussie story is, uh, but, I mean, the big thing is, like, I, I understand that I, I don't really love the way that Pedro responds to, to questions, uh, but managers don't matter. I mean, Well, here's what I was going to say was that— I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was just—I have a tendency to, to ramble a bit. Um, and at the same time as, hey, he's failed dramatically to do what he was hired to do, he is a first-year manager— in a team, in a team, and a clubhouse, and a culture that we have now been told to us by Rick Hahn has had its problems for years now, right? That 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 things have not gone the way they envisioned them going, be it because of injuries or underperformance or the problems that he said existed in the clubhouse as far back as 2021, right, when they were winning a division. Um, you can say to a point, and I think you would be correct. This is far from all Pedro Grafal's fault. Correct. And so a guy who took the opportunity that he was given to, be for, to, to work his dream job shouldn't necessarily get 100% of the blame for it going very, very wrong in the first year. Usually you should expect it to take some time to make it look like he wants it to look. Of course, at the, at the same time, that is usually something that is described to a guy who is hired to a team that is not expected to win. Um, so there's a lot going on here. Um, if just guessing, just analyzing what it looks like, I would say that Pedro Grafal's job would be in jeopardy if there is that unexpected regime change and you get the whole a new GM or baseball ops guy would want to bring in his guy. He would want to, or his or her guy would want to make a hire based on their vision as opposed to the vision that was there before they arrived. So um, it's on the White Sox to change any narratives if they want to change a narrative about how they operate, Herb, like you were alluding to. Um, but I would venture to say, I would venture to guess rather that if the same brain trust is in place, Rick, Kenny, Jerry, if, if, if all those guys are still in the same spots that they're in now, why would their hand-picked guy be done away with just because the, the results were not what they wanted them to be? Yeah, I agree with yeah. you 100%. Um, I, I do see it being possible, but only if that happens, if Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams are ousted. Um, but if, if they stay, I, I would say that they would keep Pedro Grafal staying because it honestly it would just be a bigger headache like I don't I don't think managers matter that much I think especially if you are going to change how you're doing business maybe change how things are worked and operated you would want someone that you know if you are a new GM that you're you know comfortable commu uh, communicating with but it seems like Rick Hahn was beaming at the Pedro Grafal hire back in what October November, November yeah. like yeah. Um, I mean I don't think that there has been too much issue between Rick Hahn and Pedro Grafal. It seems like, if anything, it was all just rumor or speculation from John Heyman um, in that in that one question. Um, but I, I do think that, um, you know, it, it's very unlikely that Rick Hahn stays and Pedro Grafal is gone. So if they're fired, I could see Pedro 
getting let go but if, if he if they're not he's staying around i would also bring up this point we talk so often about the team kind of already being bought and paid for and that they they've invested in this core to be here for a long time mm-hmm. you say that managers don't matter and i think when we talk about the outcomes of games i'm, I'm on yeah. the same page with you right there mm-hmm. but think about what this core has been through in their still relatively short big league careers this is their fourth manager in in four years if you count Miguel uh, Miguel Cairo mm-hmm. as being one of those guys, and and shit. I think and I think and I think you should because when he took over as briefly as he did, everybody was saying it was a new way of hearing things, it was a new style, it was fresh, it was new. That's what they have to keep getting used to on a, on a almost annual basis here, right? They 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 come up, they they get to the big leagues, they have they don't know how to be big leaguers, and they arrive in the big leagues, and here's Ricky Renneria telling them this set of of principles and wh- how they should be acting a y- then boom then comes tony la Russa. by the before two years are even up boom here comes miguel cairo giving them a different viewpoint on things boom the next offseason here's pedro grafol giving them a fourth viewpoint and and set of principles on things these guys don't really even they haven't been around that long in as major leaguers and they've had to learn how to be major leaguers in so many different ways it's like i'm not saying that that Pedro Grifol clearly not getting the job done is something you should just go, oh, all right, go give it another try kind of thing. But if you have this roster fairly locked in, are you going to do that to them again? You know what I mean? Are you going to do that to these guys again? Like what sort of how much does these guys not being able to find consistency, not being able to find their footing have to do with the fact that they are in a in in a clubhouse or, or they're in an environment that has had a complete lack of consistency from the man from the manager's position and then then the coaching staff to a lesser degree but uh it, it it seems like that is part of this story of how we got from team on the rise to team that is woefully disappointed in each of the last two seasons and i hear you too and i agree with you uh partly but i think it is incumbent on managers leaders to understand that once you've realized that something is wrong and maybe is not fixable or tenable to be fixed you got to cut the cord immediately in five managers in five consecutive years or five years tough really tough for a team to go through but if we're saying that they don't matter too much in the wins and losses part where they do manage do, do matter is the part where you're just getting the culture and the team together in the clubhouse and the players ready to play baseball and you see that Pedro's not the guy yeah, it's tough, and we've been changing a lot of managers, but I think a real leader, manager, general manager would be like, okay, I did bring this guy in. I'll admit fault. He needs to go. I don't know if Pedro's there. I don't think he's there. I don't think players are like, oh, that Pedro. This guy sucks. But I don't know if there's uh, any type of respect necessarily that a manager should get because his record is as such, and he's been on a losing Royals organization. So he can't come in like Tony La Russa and say, I got skins in the wall. Pedro just said, hey, I've been in Kansas City for the last 10 years, and I want to bring my lieutenants in like Andrew Benintendi and maybe trade for Sal Perez so they can tell you that I mean business and they respect me. The people in the White Sox clubhouse seem like, just from the outside looking in, don't respect Pedro Grafal, and there's no reason to respect him. He hasn't really done anything as a major league manager to say, hey, that guy's got our back. That guy knows what he's doing. He's, uh, those quotes to the media sound all great, and uh, I'm going to follow him to the end of the earth type of stuff. You need to win, and if they won, 
maybe you could say that about Pedro Gafo. That's what they're kind of saying about Oscar Marmol down in St. Louis. He's not a leader of men, even though they handpicked that guy after they uh, fired Mike Schilt because they wanted a guy that was more of the Cardinals way. And I think, uh, you know, necessarily Pedro's not the, 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 the reason the White Sox are losing, but he's part of that. And last year with Tony, they're 81 and 81. This year, they're much worse. So they can look at him. It's like, you're the difference, as many said, and you're failing. So let's cut bait before we go another year of wondering if you're going to get the job done. Because we have other question marks on our roster that we need to worry about and not have to worry about the actual manager who's putting the lineups together. Yeah, I mean, I would push back a little bit on that, too, because just, like, this roster is really bad. Yeah, and it like, is. I mean, even your guy, Tony La Russa, his first full season as White Sox manager, 70 and 90. Um, like, if you gave if, if you gave Pedro Gafal the Braves lineup, probably have 70 wins, right? Probably. You know? You know? The Braves I'm lineup. Just, exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying. I like, would have 70 like, wins with the Braves Yeah, really. Lineup. Right. I'm just, I, like. I, Go ahead, I, I guys, do your thing. Like, for, <laughs> for that, when a team is that good, like, it really doesn't matter who the manager is. But I, I do think, to your point, like, that consistency does matter to some point because you don't want a fifth voice in there and White Sox Tom brings up Ricky being let go after making the playoffs I mean it it is probably a weird like the one guy who's had success is gone like I mean I guess Tony had success as well and he had to leave because of health uh, issues but I I do think that the consistent voice would 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 be important to to stick around and with the Ricky Renteria thing and I know people are romanticizing him now because of what's happened since he's been gone but I don't recall a lot of White Sox fans boo-hooing Ricky being gone or him getting fired after that Oakland series. They were kind of, if you're going to fire Ricky Renteria, bring in, you know, more analytic guy. That's what Rick Hahn was asking for because Ricky was kind of resistant to that. And then they bring in somebody who is more uh, of a dinosaur in Tony La Russa. So I think the revisionist history that White Sox fans are going through right now and loving Ricky Renteria Pause, because October 2020, you guys were like, yes, finally, Ricky cost us that game in game three where you didn't start this guy and you didn't hit this guy. And now you guys are all like, man, I wish we had Ricky Renteria back. Come on now. The difference there, and you're right, people were acting that way back then. The difference there, though, is that Ricky put the work in. I mean, everybody is rolling their eyes over all the Pedro culture building comments and all of that. Ricky valued the same things, but Ricky had years to get that work done. Pedro had a month, a month and a half of spring training to try and get that work done. And it wasn't even full because of some people at the uh, the WBC. Right. So, I mean, you know, uh, that that stuff that Pedro is talking about is important. But the point is that that was already supposed to be here when he showed up or it's in terms of the timeline. It should have been here already when he showed up because, hey, this team was supposed to win. This team was supposed to win when Ricky took over from Robin. This team was not supposed to win. They had just launched a full-scale rebuild. And he had four years to build that culture and get them going. If you want to you can you can uh Herb, you're right to point out that, you know, everybody wanted Ricky gone at the time, or not everybody, many people wanted Ricky gone at the time, but Ricky was the guy taking them this way, right? Mm-hmm. Since it's gone the opposite direction. And y- you wonder, you just wonder if Ricky could have combined the work that he put in on building what he built with a team that was supposed to win what that might have looked like because the 
he had he had one of those aspects tony and pedro had one of those aspects as well neither have none of those guys have had both of those aspects combined he got that done to him both sides of town man i feel bad for ricky renteria absolutely he's like got to the precipice like hey Get your ass out of here, Ricky. Got some other guy in here. <laughs> we got guy. We, we got a, We got the guy. Yeah, yeah. And that worked out for one side. Didn't work out for the other side. Um, I'll get to the super chat in a second. Just a final thing on Ricky. I mean, like you even saw it too. Like it did. Like I, I do wonder how much it took for Ricky to build up that relationship with Tim Anderson to have that moment where they're going to the George Floyd Memorial in uh, Minnesota. Um, in September and then you know obviously Ricky being fired from that job like I wonder if Ricky was still around and you know let's obviously say they have success they were losing they're not he's not sticking around but like would Ricky Renteria be a positive presence right now on Tim Anderson like I mean or or anybody right think of think of what think of what any of those guys have gone through from just a baseball standpoint over the last few years be it Aloy with the consistent injuries you know or or Moncada with the with the the production and the and the injuries, you know, Tim with the production and the injuries, you know, obviously all these guys come with that injury qualifier. But I mean, he was, the, I'm just saying, if you're going to be rebuild the team, the way they rebuilt it, a lot of that, it was always geared towards the guys they were bringing up from the minor leagues. And when those guys arrived at the major leagues, there was a voice there getting to know them, telling them how to do things. By the time they were in the major leagues and ready to compete, that guy was gone and they were hearing different things. Again, I'm not saying that it all would have worked out swimmingly. It could have been that they would have had the exact same win-loss records for, for the next three seasons. But um, you just wonder what might have happened had he been able to see those those things collide of the work that was done to build it with the expectations of going out and turning it into a contending team. Yeah, and uh, Aaron's asking if we watch the games. I actually twiddle my thumbs and I, I hammer my head against the desk. I don't watch the games. Stop doing all. that. That could be that could be bad for your brain. Uh, can't you tell? Uh, it's, uh, anyways, we have a super chat from uh, Jordan here. Uh, sometimes I feel that Han is the puppeteer and Pedro is the puppet. Is that fair? I would say that one's a boss and one's the the what, what's the what, employee employee. I guess you know. I mean, I don't I don't know. I mean, it's charged language, and I understand. Uh, Jordan, what you're saying. But yeah, I mean, you have to, as your Pedro, listen to the person that hired you or else you're going to be gone. And the reason why they jibe so well is because they had similar interest in how to get this team to the top of the AL Central standings. And they probably have a, uh, a powwow before serious games to learn how to attack the team and have a, a cohesive thing with their team. I would want every general manager and their manager kind of be in lockstep. If you're not, it might be time for the manager to leave. So, yeah. I think Pedro is, for lack of a better term, a puppet of Rick Hahn, but he should be. Every manager should be the puppet of that baseball man or woman who is the general manager or the VP of Baseball Ops. They, yeah, should, they should be forwarding exactly what the management says as the manager of the field manager. I don't. I, I certainly wouldn't use the language that is used there in that comment to describe it, but I would suggest look back in the recent... Uh, the recent history of baseball and how that manager's role has changed and who has had success in that manager's role. It has gone from 
it's always this, you know, hothead old man who's been around in baseball forever, and he's going to make his decisions based on his gut and everything like that. That had been completely upended, and that independence, for lack of a better word, that you that you saw from guys like Lou Pinella and 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 you know all those guys back in the day, you saw a trend in hiring managers, most of them inexperienced uh, in terms of baseball managing. Obviously, maybe guys from the front office or guys from the broadcast booth, even. These were guys who were in, to use the word, phrase you just used there, Herb, in lockstep with the thinking of the front office. It wasn't, well, we're going to hire this guy who does his own thing, and fingers crossed, hopefully he does the things that we want him to do. It's a guy who's going to go and do exactly that game plan that the front office wants them to follow. So that that has been pushed back upon at times, certainly. I think you look to the north side of town. Exactly. Uh, Theo Epstein hired a guy in Joe Madden who his strength was do what you think you need to do kind of thing. Um, and, and there are guys who have been given multiple chances over their careers who are in great spots right now. Look at the top two teams in the AL West. They're managed by Bruce Bochy and Dusty Baker. Oof. Both those guys are going to the Hall of Fame, and both those guys come from that a little bit older school of the way of doing things. So certainly uh, it's not contingent on having that uh, trendy, we'll say, managerial hire for the current moment, but – you have seen a trend over the last plenty of years at this point where front offices are looking for guys who um, execute their vision more so than, uh, you know, execute their own vision. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it too, again, like it's his job. I mean, it's, it's you, you want somebody to have that, like that tone setting. Yeah. You know, like, I, I don't know. I, I think if Pedro doesn't listen to Rick Hahn, he is going to be one and done. Yeah. Right. That's 100%. Right. <laughs> like, if Pedro Grafal's not answering phone calls and, like, ignoring Rick Doing Hahn, other things. Right. You're probably going to get canned. Uh, yeah. He's, he's, yeah. Pedro's at a good spot, but a bad spot. You know, he's got a, he gave him the first job that he's ever had, but he has to listen to the, what the general manager and the, it was executive vice president of baseball ops tell him, like anybody's bosses. Those are, literally his bosses and he's like ah, i'm not doing that rick and rick's like yeah you are now what oh you ain't cool we'll find somebody else who can do it anyone would be happy to take your job uh, as pedro Grafal said there's uh, less jobs uh managing uh, professional baseball teams than uh u.s senators or i guess yes. even yes. even house of representatives too uh if you want less yeah right if yeah. you want to be a politician uh, it's easier than being less. a major league baseball manager uh let's take a quick break and let you know about our friends over at shady rays take on the sun it was out tomorrow <laughs> um, with cure built to last our friends at shady rays have you covered with the warm weather uh currently going on and ahead of us uh, as we are experiencing a fake autumn as or a fake uh fall would you say i mean we we're kind of dwindling back to the 70s and now we're going back up to hell next week it's like 95 every day next week Ugh, keep it but I have my shady rays on to protect my eyes. With premium polarized shades at an affordable price. They're an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 
people. Her. Hello. You like Sunnyside? I love Sunnyside. Making you feel good this week. Oh, always. Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensary is your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your summer. It's a one-stop shop for all your cannabis needs, no matter where you are on your cannabis journey. They also have easy online ordering and in-store pickup, which makes it very easy uh, to shop and get what you need. And also, once you shop, you uh, will get rewarded. They have a great transparent loyalty program, Sunnyside Rewards. So find your favorite dispensary. Herbs is in uh, Wrigleyville. I like the one over by you in Elmwood Park. Hey, it's very. It's less busy than the one in Wrigleyville, so it's worth the drive. Uh, and, and they have right by Johnny's Beef. Is it right by? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like five minutes. Okay. You're in the same town. That's true. Might as well. Um, and they have in-house. Or is it like, a village? I don't know. What's Elmwood Park Town Village? Yeah. Either it's fine. Either. Shouldn't you know. know this? Isn't it? Don't you have to pay you know, taxes or something? You know, a you listen to and he's like, "Hey, we're gonna do this in Elmwood Park." I believe it's a village. <laughs> All right, because I believe it's—I believe it's village president is the title of. Gotcha. Tell them to bring back okay. Kittyland, even Ooh, though that was down the street. Yeah, a can bit. you? Yeah, I think they have. Uh, uh, Great America now has one of the the coasters from from Kittyland. So I mean, you can go visit that one. Um, I think the Dipper though is is. Uh, just put your drink on it. Melrose Park, there, City <laughs> Hall still has the sign outside of it. I believe. Anyways, this is still a Sunnyside raid, right? It is. They have in-house brands like Mindy's Good News, Cresco, High Supply, Floracal, Wonder, and Remedy. Through August, head to sunnyside.shop and use code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% off your total order. That's one use per customer. It's not stackable with other promotions, but that's not only for new customers. Anyone can use our code. Sunnyside.shop and use code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% off your total order. One use per customer. Pick up everything you need to elevate your summer. must be 21 plus or an Illinois MedCard holder. And check out FOCO if you're looking to to expand your uh, bobblehead uh, collection. Uh, get fitted in the best sports gear around. They have hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. And since it's baseball season, you can get your Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for a game over at FOCO. Uh, we have some great set decorations back there that were donated by FOCO, so thank you right to them. Right above Vinny's hair. hair. On the other side, there it is. Very fitting. It's the, the South Southball Paul one. one. Right above apparel um, for watching live. So go show them some love <laughs> at FOCO.com, F-O-C-O.com, or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. The promo code CHGO for 10% off let's get into uh our final two topics here and we could be briefer with this um as we're closing in on an hour we're over an hour over an hour oh jesus yeah we're out here yeah we've been cooking let's let's go quick um oscar colas yes was the opening day starting right fielder for the Sox in 2024 what are they in 2023 in 2023 and actually he wasn't if you remember he didn't play he didn't start on opening day when we were down in uh, in oakland that was a Romy oh, Gonzalez start in right field. But, yes, he was the everyday the right fielder. The lefty friend yeah. started. Okay, makes sense. Um, and Josh wants more Rush t-shirts from you, so maybe we got to get Vinny <laughs> just a ton of Rush shirts. <laughs> <laughs> is that a Rush song? It is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, what, Fast Pace Rock? What is the talk from Pedro Grafal about Oscar Colas? How is 2023 gone for him and – uh, you know, what What can he do to really put himself in the position to be on the opening day roster in 2024? Well, I think the idea is that he needs to be on the opening day roster in 2024. He's probably going to be the everyday right fielder, but they need him to get to the point where he is 
deserving of that job. He certainly was during spring training, and so that's why they gave him that job coming into this season. Uh, you asked me how his 2023 has gone. The answer is not good. Um, he, he played for a month in April. It went very poorly. He went back down to the minor leagues for two months. Uh, it went pretty well, uh, and then he came back up, and uh, July was, again, really bad. August has been a little bit better from an offensive results standpoint, but the numbers are not good, uh, and the defensive mistakes uh, have been really kind of glaring. Uh, you know, kind of those what you would refer to maybe as a boneheaded mistake. Ooh. A guy just standing there waiting to get the ball and it bounces off of his mitt and stuff like that. Like kind of, uh, you know, some slow runs over to get a ball that might be hit into the corner. Pedro Grafol says this is a focus issue and that he needs to work on that. He needs to work on a lot of things. Pedro Grafol knows that the coaches need to work on a lot of things with him. It is important that they uh, really throw everything at him because he needs to develop in a pretty short amount of time into a guy that they can count on starting next season. Uh, they need him, and uh, if they don't get him, that's going. it's going to be very hard for them to contend next year. And I think that Oscar Colas um, is another question mark going in 2024. And I think with the supposed job security that both Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn enjoy, I would think that position in particular, right field, would be a chance to go out and get something that's more secure, something that's more proven to uh, man right field because you can't have all the question marks that the White Sox have around the field. So you can go and get... Sean's guy, Michael Conforto, who is not having an askingly great year, but he is a positive player. I think he has a one-point-something uh, F4, hitting 15 home runs with, on his way to 20 home runs. And you're at least you're like, okay, we don't necessarily have to work about our right field. We don't have a person that is lacking for focus. We don't have to teach him up. We don't have to coach him up. We don't have to have his pains be at the major league level because Michael Conforto, if he does come in next year, will be a 31-year-old right fielder, understands the game, and coming off two years of a shoulder injury, we see how Cody Bellinger has kind of gone off since being two years off of a shoulder injury himself. I think you can have not similar, but not the same, but similar results from Mike Conforto and have a actual um, right fielder that you can trust in not ass kickingly great and he's not having a great year like a you know break the bank type of year so it's in the White Sox you know budget for next year but I just can't have another question mark and is Oscar Colas going to be good is the player promise going to be showing up in 2024 and then you got all the rest of the question marks about everybody else's health how about having a solid person in right field and just bypassing Oscar Colas. If he's good and these last two months he shows the player that he could be, fine. But don't rely on a what is gonna be a pretty much a rookie next year to man right field and then you gotta worry about all the rest of the things that he doesn't bring to the table. Yeah, there's some things that he's shown Oscar Colas that have been intriguing. The arm. Um the arm strength ninety seventh percentile according to Statcast. Uh, his fielding's been above average as well. I'd like him to maybe use two hands when he's catching a fly ball, but so far so good. Because um, he doesn't. He does not. <laughs> he hates it. Um and his max exit velocity hits you know he's he's been able to show some of that um hard exit velocity a max exit velocity of 114.2 miles per hour um but again it just really 
there hasn't been consistent power. There hasn't been hasn't really been much power at all. Yeah, and there hasn't been a, a, a plate approach really. Um, you look at the pitches that he has done well against uh, a slugging percentage of 417 against a changeup, not really great uh, against slider 429 uh, and against a four seamer uh, four 342. Uh, really, only the slider and changeup ones are interesting. Um, the slider one specifically because he's got a batting average of 179. So when he hits that ball hard, um, it's often, but doesn't hit it often enough. So you like to see the plate approach clean up a little bit um but i agree with you just some sort of competition like if oscar colas like is forced down to triple a to start 2024 because they went out and signed somebody i have no issue of it you know I, if they signed both michael conforto and andrew benatendi who doesn't know how to spell illinois i'd be <laughs> thrilled <laughs> you missed this uh, he doesn't know how to spell illinois he t- was at uh, pizza portofino yesterday and took a beautiful picture that no one has ever seen of the Chicago River. Okay. Uh, and the Clark Street Bridge and, you know, one of the boats sure. passing by. Oh, that sounds lovely. Yeah. And the, the, the tag he used on Instagram was downtown Chicago, comma, Illinois, A-L-L-N-O-I-S. Or, he had I two O's I'm, in there. He's like, like two O's. So, Illinois. Il- yeah. yeah. Wait, now is that a, but was that a. Tag that yeah, that would have been preloaded by Instagram right, by some moron yeah. that but, already yeah. did that. Right. Well, I guess my point's like you know, he didn't catch the he spelling error. Also, do you need to tag it being Chicago? Yes. Why? Because then people doesn't can it find not you. look exactly like the Chicago River? I mean, it, hello. I think he was He's from to, Cincinnati. He's probably got all his friends from Cincinnati. Are like, are, they don't know what they don't know what the city looks like. Guys, they have more than terrible chili here. Come here. They have pizza. What? <laughs> You can eat on the river? Oh, my God. It's so great. And Kentucky's not on the other side? <laughs> Come here, dudes. We're going to spell it wrong, too. <laughs> um, we're going to just uh, wrap, wrap this, I right. think, now. At no, the, at no, this let's point. keep talking about it. We could talk about, the, we could talk about the... Uh, the Law wants to go home. Can you tell? We could talk about the pitchers, but uh, we'll, we'll wrap this up. <laughs> um, I, I do think that you know, we'll see two more months of Oscar Colas, so we'll see... Um, what is in store for him and how he's able to develop and, uh, you know, thrive at the plate. Um, real quick, and shout out to all the old faces that we've seen, some new faces too, James and Rick. Uh, we appreciate that. Some old faces like uh, uh, Shea Fidel and, and all of our great people like Matthew Lucas. Um, Aaron, I just have a quick thing, you know, talking about watching the game and, uh, you know, uh, there's a difference between watching the game and watching and paying attention to what moves the manager makes and remembering all the bonehead moves he makes. Aaron, Bless you, because Gavin Sheets has been a pinch hitter 17 times, and what you're complaining about happened once this year. He has gone in against a left-handed pitcher once. Jake Berger was going to bat against Zach Pop. They switched it in, in Toronto for Tim Miza, and they pinch hit Sheets for Berger. So you are, you are traumatized by one pinch hit situation by Gavin Sheets and Pedro Gafal. God bless you, Aaron. That's a, that's a very deep wound, very clear that you're a diehard, and you watch right. every game and take very clear and specific notes. Really, the move that Pedro didn't Jesus. make that he should have is pinch hit Colas, because then he would have been facing Pop. Yeah. There, yes. there you go. Wow. Thank you, Vinny. Seems like Aaron doesn't watch the games himself. Hmm. That was a good one, Vinny. Meanwhile, the rest of the people Thanks, watching Thank are traumatized by... 
Bed check Charlie. Bed check Charlie. Bed check Charlie. Oh Mercy. my God, he's back. Just Fuck. Kicking it up. I don't like that. Uh, anyways, uh, thank you to uh, Law Dog for producing the show. Thank you to uh, Vinny Duber, our CHGO beat writer, for covering these games and writing that article at allchgo.com. If you want to read Vinny's full thoughts and all of the topics that he's looking to watch for in 2023, check out that article. And that's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Keeping we'll talk from, to Keeping away from bed check Charlie. Goodness gracious. He's scary ass dude. <laughs> we will talk to you uh, tomorrow for the Sox Cubs post game show. Uh, I think we're. We got pregame. We got pregame too. too. Yeah. Uh, so we will see uh, what happens then. We got the uh, CHGO Crosstown takeover on Wednesday. So we'll talk to you then. Bye.